2: Welcome to the Terrible Podcast Season 14, episode 27. He's Dave Brian. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Friday. Steelers Nation Dave getting ready for week number three. Pittsburgh Steelers traveling out west their first road game of the year to take on the Las Vegas Raiders Sunday night. Each team one and one on the season. Dave, how you doing?
1: For well, Friday, not bad. Uh and you, and Uh, Steeders nation probably going to be taking over Las Vegas this weekend. I expect, uh, uh, they're going to be a large amount of, uh, fans at that game, uh, on, 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 on Sunday night there. So, uh, might, might feel a little bit, uh, home slanted, if you will, probably not surprising over overall there, but, uh, there is a large, you know, uh, uh, fan base here and, you know, got a couple of bars dedicated to it and also going to be interesting. And this really sets up for an interesting game. Overall, you got two one-on-one teams, uh, that really haven't looked great. Uh, it, it, you know, overall, they kind of rank down there in in several s- statistical categories <laughs> near the bottom and, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to get into must win situations here with either one of these teams, but. Uh, it would behoove the Steelers for sure to come away with a W uh, Sunday night uh, and and play better overall in the process.
2: Yeah, that happy, is. Uh,
1: happy Friday, by the way.
2: Happy Friday. And that is for sure. But I think both teams kind of saying the same thing, one and one, but not feeling too great about being one and one right now and certainly itching to go. Two and one. And speaking of Raiders, we'll talk with our friend. We talk to you. It feels like every year now, Vinny uh, Bonsignor, a Vegas reporter. And so we'll speak with him here in just a little bit, get his take on all things Raiders. But Dave, let's start off with the housekeeping. Pittsburgh making one roster move since we last spoke, filling up that uh, extra spot, an open spot on their practice squad after Braden Fahoko got signed. Off of it to the 53-man roster, and so replacing him is wide receiver Deuce Watts, formerly of Tulane, was with Green Bay, undrafted rookie free agent. And so with some of the injuries there too, Deontay Johnson, Gunnar Olszewski, adding a receiver to, for now at least, for that last practice squad spot.
1: Yeah, we'll see how long he sticks around, kind of a vertical guy, right? You know, uh, uh, and... You know, Tulane product, a couple of interesting catches. If you go back and and search real quick on some highlights on him, so obviously with Gunner kind of or or not kind of in in you know uh, listed with a concussion this week and start, really starting to trend toward him not not dressing. Uh, uh is he back in the doghouse again? I'm trying to figure out too from uh I need to get with uh Joe Corey because nor you know vested guys were on that when they're on that week one roster, uh, I think are, are guaranteed, but they mm-hmm. did take his salary down to what what did I say? It was like one million? point one point four million, wasn't it? Okay. Uh like that. And uh obviously you know you pay by week there in other words it 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 wouldn't kill this team if they had to separate from uh gunner Gunner olszewski from a you know salary cap guaranteed money standpoint and all like that but wasn't it about three or four weeks into last season that Gunnar found himself (laughs) uh on on the inactive list so we'll see how the you're going to get into that here in a minute here but uh see how the friday uh uh, injury report shakes out with, 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 with Gunnar specifically, but I'm not expecting him to be active this week.
2: No, even if he did clear protocol, I don't know if he would dress. And I think actually wasn't it week two last year. was not the Patriots game where he had, the yeah, you're right. and I don't know if he was immediately inactive the week after, but week twos are bad for Gunnar Olszewski, evidently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point.
2: All right, let's get into the injury report on Thursday. And it was a pretty lengthy list on Wednesday, which we expected. Short week, really physical game against Cleveland. Things trending in a better direction on Thursday. Practicing in full was Demonte Casey with a calf. He sat out Wednesday. And then a couple of veteran guys getting a rest on Wednesday. Practicing full Thursday. And Isaac Say, Malu, and Patrick Peterson. After failing the practice on Wednesday, you had safety make Fitzpatrick. Patrick. With that, chest Bruce practiced in limited fashion on Thursday. Ditto with Darnell Washington and a knee injury that he uh, suffered late in that game against Cleveland. Marcus Golden limited with a knee. And then not practicing was, as we just kind of mentioned, Gunnar Olszewski with the concussion and Larry Okunjobi with the foot. I know Okunjobi did not practice last Thursday, and he still obviously played and played fairly well. So I'm less concerned right now than where I was a week ago. Minka Fitzpatrick telling reporters he does plan to play, and so I assume he's going to be good to go for Sunday night against the Raiders.
1: Yeah, keep your fingers crossed there for sure. And uh, you you come out of uh, you you get that report uh, after that after the game uh, uh, Monday night about you know precautionary and going to the hospital and. just goes to show you how, you know, how quick these things can turn, you know, either positively or negatively. And it seems like it's in a, a positive situation with him. And uh, you know, obviously, if he goes, I don't know if they we will see if he goes limited or full today. But the fact that he, you know, met the media, uh, what was it yesterday? And, uh, you know, seems very optimistic about playing. You know, it seems like something would have to happen at this point for him not to.
2: Sure. I think he's going to go barring something unforeseen. Washington in the knee. How much concern I think you pointed out on that. Was that the play he got tripped on that he. That wham
1: crunch or whatever you want to call it. uh, Looked like he banged his knee pretty good because he was uh, on his back. And, you know, the all 22. eh, Neither neither the uh, TV tape or the all 22 hang around just enough to see uh uh, a little bit more but he 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 was smarting after that one i think he banged a knee or something on on somebody because that whole you want to talk about a wham play the whole play got whammed there were bodies all over uh all over the uh all over the ground on that on that failed play
2: yeah it was more mosh pit than wham on that one and one of the many issues and i have a video today breaking down some of the Issues with the Pittsburgh Steelers running game, and uh, yeah, that's probably the most notable thing on pittsburgh side. Look at the final injury report on Friday today with the Raiders. Uh, looks like Terry Wilson's missed a couple of days there, their rookie defensive end, the seventh overall pick, I believe, out of Texas Tech. But it appears they're going to have Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, their top two wide receivers, and so they're getting healthier and getting some reinforce and reinforcements I should say for that uh, Raiders offense.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it is to have a rookie, uh, miss two practices in a row like that, especially the way he's played so far and coming off of that, uh, that all off- see, you know, what was it dated back to what? No, no, November of last year is when he had the foot surgery mm-hmm. and, uh, he isn't off to a great start, and and obviously, and we talk a little, you know, a lot about this with, with Vinny, so I don't want to give too much away here. But uh, uh, they are almost into a forced situation with the Chandler Jones, uh, or not almost, they are in a forced situation uh, with Chandler Jones and his situation of of, of of rushing Tyree along. And once again, I he he'll probably play, but. You would have probably would like to have him uh, have a couple extra days of practice this week.
2: Yeah, for sure. For any rookie, you want to get them as many reps and work as as possible. And that's not happening there. And you're right, Chandler Jones placed on the non-football illness list. And there's a whole personal matter that Vinny talks about a, a little bit. And the details are still relatively unclear right now. But obviously, Jones will not play this weekend against the Steelers. All right, Dave, let's flip over to the coordinator corner on Thursday. Matt Canada, Terrell Austin speaking as they always do. And it's really the same old song and dance. I'm not trying to, you know, criticize too heavily either guy. You know, what what can you say at this point? You kind of say the same stuff. The results are all that matters. But Matt Canada singing the same tune. We got to be better. We got to score points. It's on me. Yada, yada.
1: Yeah, uh, saying the attitude's fine saying, so I've been told about the, uh, about the, uh, fire Canada champ, you know, uh, Monday night there, uh, asked about that third and short play. What were you looking for? He just says that play didn't work. I'm never going to sit here and tell you why it didn't work. Uh, we, uh, we've shown at times we've been pretty solid, <laughs> <laughs> I could probably count them on one hand, right? Uh, well, you last,
2: said in third and short, right? And they okay, were a good third yeah. and short team last year. I'm yeah, they
1: sure. uh, short yardage last year. Yeah, mm. absolutely they were. Uh, look, last year we were good. It wasn't a good play. It didn't work. We run it up the middle. It doesn't work. It's no good. If we throw a pass incomplete, it's no good. It didn't work. Uh, let's see. Going on. Uh, I what, what else? Was there anything that really stuck out? That that he said that was kind of off normal.
2: No, I mean aside from the typical, you know, red meat that you can throw at Steelers Nation. When asked about how to get your mojo back, he said, "If you have the answer, you can let me know." Wasn't sure how to do it. Then there is no magic wand to to get this offense back on track. It's one play. It's executing. Hopefully, better starts. Get some confidence back that'll carry over. Throughout the game and throughout weeks of a season, I think maybe the most notable thing is that he mentioned Kenny Pickett has a you know quite a bit of freedom at the line of scrimmage. And last year, the discussion was, you know, did they have hot routes and how much freedom did Pickett have as a, as a rookie coming in, you know, not starting from day one of the Steelers program back in the summer. So, you know, what exactly does quite a bit of freedom mean? Hard to say, but as you would expect, a second year quarterback, a lot more experience at his back is going to have more autonomy to, to change things.
1: Yeah, I think the other notable thing is uh, asked about Broderick Jones and if he could help you, you know, maybe with an extra lineman and and go jumbo a little bit more in this game. Uh, He says, I think that's certainly a possibility. We've explored that in the past. I think Broderick did a nice job last week. Uh, You weren't aware, but it wasn't known coming out where he was going to be. Uh, Broderick had a great week playing right tackle in practice and did, a. in other words, he was talking about last week and the uncertainty, I, I guess, with, uh, core for, uh, he's coming along, blah, blah, blah. So we'll have to, uh, be on the lookout to see if maybe, uh, there, you know, there's a possibility of, of seeing some jumbo, which really would not hurt my feelings against this, uh, Raiders, uh, defense, uh, you know, on Sunday night. So we'll have to see if that comes to fruition.
2: Yeah, I'm all for it. You got to get, you got to try something different to get this run game going, Dave. And and I think, you know, there's limitations to that six offense alignment obviously kind of really signals run. There's no element of that, you know, play action, but the tight end blocking has not been where it needs to be. I mean, Washington has had some moments, but he's also had his struggles, especially as more of a head up base blocker than ceiling guys or a down blocker. And Frymouth has, I think, really been, been pretty poor as a blocker. And so you know, the Raiders, for example, they're using the six offensive alignment. Not that the run game is good, but that, that's their intent. I think Pittsburgh, for at least two or three plays,
1: it's worth a shot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you, uh, you know, while we're talking about Matt Canada, uh, you know, Warren Sharp, who, who who loves his stats, and you know, I I I respect a lot of what he does. It's 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 really driven deep. Uh, I don't think he offers a lot of context mm-hmm. a lot of times. Uh, and look, this is an easy kill shot right now during the week, right? Yeah, this is fish in a barrel. uh, 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 this kind of stuff. And that's why he recorded the video and put the post. I would imagine. And look, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, it, it made its rounds on X Twitter, uh, fairly well. I mean, I retweeted, I mean, there's a lot of information in there. Uh but you know, long story short, he talks about you know pass rates and in in shotgun uh versus under center and run rates and how they're very, very, very skewed uh both ways. It it's it's I mean, he's there's no lies detected there, that's for sure, with 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 the info uh that he gives. But I think I, I think there's some context that's not there. And this is not me defending Matt Canada whatsoever. But when you go back and you look at at, at uh in fact, uh where was it? Uh, 14 points. Let me see. I pulled some additional data to go out off the dropbacks and shotgun. Here's some context to kind of at least help better, maybe frame. And, not, and once again, this is not to excuse Matt Canada, uh, but dropbacks in shotgun in these first two games. Well, there's been 84 total dropbacks so far by the mm-hmm. Steelers offense. 79 total dropbacks in shotgun. So only five under center. Uh, 44 total dropbacks in shotgun down 14 or more points. So we've just wiped out... Uh, when it comes to 79 of those total dropbacks in shotgun, 44 of those were in shotgun down 14 or more points, which was obviously against what the uh, 49ers, right? Mm -hmm. And 30 total dropbacks in shotgun down 14 or more points in the second half uh, 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 of, of a game. So you're talking once again, there's nothing wrong with his numbers whatsoever. They're, they're on the money. But when you've got only a two game sample size here and you're talking about, you know, half of, half of these drop backs coming in shotgun down 14 or more points, it's going to, 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 to skew the numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were to wipe those out and then look at the rest of them, are they are they still skewed in? The, he would have been better to have broken that down like this and still come out with the narrative. Uh, on the back end of let's wipe out those 14 or more uh down 14 or more points and then look at it that way he could have still uh thrown his red meat out there but i guess what i'm getting at here is it, it's it's a small sample size and you're talking about all, all that time in that game against the 49ers in the second half that you were down 14 or more points i uh, let's look at it after this week is, is what I'm getting at.
2: No, I think it's a great point by you. And I hadn't done the math the way that you did, but that, that was the thought in my head when I saw that stat. You know, they were down in the whole whole game, but you know, playing catch up in the second half. So, of course, you're in shotgun throwing. And even on the two minute drive again of the first half, they're in shotgun because it's a two minute drive. And of right. course, you're going to pass out a shotgun. So, when you have basically three quarters of that week one game being predictable, it's going to probably skew the numbers overall. And I know the whole run to set up play action is a bit antiquated, and it's not necessarily how it can work. But when you're not, you know, running the ball well, it's harder to run play action, and teams are less likely to do what I should say. So it's going to maybe skew some of those under center passes um, as well. And they have not run a ton of play action this year um, because of that, and of course because they were getting you know killed in week one. So yeah, again, I think Warren Sharp. I'm not as big a fan. I mean, I don't pay m- much mind to it, but I think some of these stats are lacking the context that, that you're rightfully pointing out.
1: Right. And, and once again, it's an easy kill shot and, and there's nothing wrong with his stats, it, but it's, it's just easy to throw that out there. Uh, I, I thought he'd be, I, I, I think he could have made even better points. Had he drilled these things down here, here's the thing. Uh, and, and it's probably one of the things to really keep the eye on the most, assuming that, that, that this team doesn't fall down 14 or more points, or, you know, or, or more than two, 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 two possessions in the second half. Here, it, can, can, can Kenny can Pickett be an under center quarterback and and, sure. and, and and drop back?
2: Yeah, I mean, he did a lot of that at Pitt and kind of some that West Coast system, which kind of has some roots in working under center. So there's no reason that he can't.
1: All right. Now here here's the thing that, that was a little bit concerning when I went and looked at uh, SIS uh for, for for Kenny Pickett uh during his final season at Pitt. Uh uh SIS has Kenny Pickett down for just four dropbacks, not in shotgun for the two thousand twenty-one season.
2: Okay, that's interesting.
1: Now he had more dropbacks if you go back into like 2020. Uh, 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 2019 in fact, when I looked at that or, originally, I thought, man, that, Im, do I have a check? Do I have a box mm-hmm. box checked wrong or something like that? But four dropbacks, not shotgun in 2021.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know how the college game is these days. But they they spread. They, you know, every every NFL system and basically every college system outside of like, you know, the 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 military academies, Navy, and all them. I mean, they're they're shotgun based. So that that's the world that most teams live in, really, regardless of your of your scheme.
1: All right. Here, here, here's my main takeaways going move moving past these first two weeks here when it comes to stats and tipping your hand and all like that. A and this team hasn't been able to run well or run much uh, overall because of game circumstances and all like that. We need to see more runs out of shotgun, right? True or false?
2: Sure. I mean, just more runs in general, right? You know, hopefully play more competitive games that allow you to run the ball more often.
1: And while I don't think you're going to see a huge uptick in it, we need to see, more dropbacks from with with, with Kenny from under center.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to be, I think, the 90% run rate from under center that they are, but you know, it's probably not a ton of snaps we're looking at in general and just game circumstance, you know, will dictate things, goal line situation, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, I think the sample size is still a bit too small to to talk about some of those broader shotgun under center run pass numbers.
1: Right. And look. They have to know these, 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 these splits, right? These percentages.
2: You would hope so. Yeah.
1: Uh, So that's one thing I think moving forward for, for fair, if you want to try to, uh, you know, just look objectively at at this uh, coming out of these numbers, uh presented by Warren Sharp. I think the things that you need to look for is is running out of shotgun more and at least some sort of small uptick in 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 dropbacks with with with, with Kenny Pickett under center. And then the other thing of course is play action. I think they ran play action five times uh, against the Browns in total. Uh, two of those were those uh completions to 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 George Pickens uh 90 what was it 90 something yards and the one touchdown uh in there uh uh the three incompletions or no one the other the third the third completion was the Gunnar Olszewski play. It's not hard for people to recall that probably in their their mind. Uh one of uh, uh, uh of the two incompletions, one was I think a deep one to to Calvin Austin. It was down the left side, I believe. Uh and the other I think was uh 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 batted down uh uh, uh screen to Najee.
2: Right. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully they can can work more of that. I think there's an opportunity to to do that against the Raiders, but We'll just have to to see how things look on Sunday night.
1: All right, I'll, I'll circle you back to the uh, press conference now.
2: Yeah. Well, actually, we're just kind of sticking with with some thoughts here. You know, I mentioned on Wednesday show about how often has this team pulled their guards on a run play. And I went back <laughs> through all the run plays, not that there were many run plays to look at. It was a pretty quick study, but they have not pulled their guards once on a run play this season. And again, it's two games. I just mentioned the small sample size, but that that's alarming to me. They actually pulled them more often on pass plays and play action right. than they have on run plays. Uh, they did pull Mason Cole once and they've had some counter action with the back, but not by the guards. And, for a team that can't get a run game going and is trying some different schemes and being varied. A, and I should have charted the success rates and I didn't, but their zone scheme has really been poor. I think they've done a much better job, at least relatively speaking, in their man duo scheme, getting just straight downhill than than these uh inside zone runs. But I mean, we talk about it, Dave. You know, in Pittsburgh, when they have good run games, they pull guards and they are not mm-hmm. pulling Daniels or say Malu. And I think you have two guys that are capable of doing it. You play your bully ball, you get physical up front, and I don't know why we're not seeing it.
1: And they don't have a true fullback, so it's not like they they, they can, uh, unless they uh, uh, elevated Xander uh, Horvath off the practice squad, but even he was more, I mean, he, he's one of those kind of, he more Mike Allstock, well, I mean, by, uh, he can carry the football uh, you know, he's, he's, he, he's, he's not a, uh, a cried her or anything, uh, mm. uh, like that. So in other words, if, if, if I, if I, you know, my visions of running that old slant 39 boss <laughs> 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 with, with the fullback and all and, 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 and pulling out, you know, the, the, the guards of that side, have we seen it? We haven't even seen much pin and pull or anything, right?
2: No, I think I only had maybe one snap because that was the one where they pulled Cole around. So I think there's only been one pin and pull run this year.
1: And, and that stuff's got to be in the playbook, right?
2: <laughs> I mean, I hope that, you know, basic, I mean,
1: they're, they're basic runs would,
2: would be in there. Sure. I mean, I, I know that they've generally been under Pat Meyer, and this really falls under Meyer more than it does Canada. So I'm not trying to take the, the shot at Canada here, but th- their personality is more of a zone scheme. But it's not working. I think Mason Cole has really struggled in zone schemes. I think they've struggled when D-line slant in one gap and it really screws up Pittsburgh's track and helps leave linebackers running free. I mean, I just think the zone scheme has been been a wreck. And again, I just go back to in Pittsburgh when you have a good run game, the Castro, Vanica, Mullins in the 70s, like you got you got those guards on the move.
1: Well, this would be the week to pull that stuff out.
2: Yeah. What are you waiting for? You know, you got to yep. jumpstart this run game. And, and again, it's not just that, it's just, you know, the principle, let's be physical, you know, in these man schemes, these gap schemes, you're more physical, you're more, you know, assertive, you're more playing your bully ball. And so it kind of helps you get your confidence back when you're washing down somebody's ends and you're cracking a linebacker on a kickout block and you're just kind of really imposing your will, then kind of more of this zone track will all flow down the line that of course can be physical and, you know, inside zone and, you know, duo. It's kind of always a joke about you know which which is which, but I just think you know if you want to get you want to be physical, then let's run some physical you know counteraction to uh-huh. to get that confidence in, in Pittsburgh.
1: Now they do have a guy that can uh, work downhill uh, and, and and deliver a pop on the other side of that football, but I I would I I would really test Bob Spillane. Uh, 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 this week and he's going to be on the, he's, you know, barring injury, he's going to be on the field for a hundred percent of the snaps and all like that. But, uh, and look, uh, like, like Todd Haley and, and really Bruce Arians to, 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 to that degree. If you get something in that run game that works, I I would be like uh, Herb Brooks in, 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 in miracle on, on Mm. ice again, again. You know, I you know the, uh, Todd Haley was not shy about having a run play that worked and running it over and over and over again until uh teams showed that they could stop but look none of these none of this moving forward with this offense in my opinion is going to matter unless this team can start running a football and we talked about this team needs 60 at least 60 yards rushing uh uh against the Raiders on 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 Sunday night to avoid becoming the f- worst uh rushing game start in franchise history well since the merger uh so, you know when it comes to rushing totals here
2: yeah and we'll talk about it more when we get into our actual preview of this game but if you can't run against the raiders man then you can't run against anybody like you should be able to impose your will against this unit <laughs>
1: Right. And we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, that in our game breakdowns here, which uh, Mm -hmm. you guys did really did good job on both offense, defense, scouting reports. Again, it's, it's very, very informative uh, here and it matches uh, uh, the tape and all, but uh, take us anything else from uh, Matt Cannon before we go to Austin.
2: No, we'll go to Austin right now. And again, there wasn't a whole lot more to say other than him pointing out in the run game that teams will continue to to run the ball and prove that Pittsburgh can stop it, and and that makes sense. And said so there's no excuse for giving up 60 plus yard runs in back to back weeks, which is also true. So they know the score. I mean, you, you, Pittsburgh statistically has the worst run defense in football through the first two weeks. They face some good rushing attacks, and the Raiders' running attack is. Sputtering and struggling, but they want and need to, to run the football. And so they're gonna test that Steelers unit. There's no question about that.
1: Right. And Joey Porter's still gonna be a third down guy.
2: Yeah, I know Austin floated the possibility of expanding his role, but I don't expect it to happen this week. I think you know, essentially he's still saying that his role is his role, and that role is playing in dime packages.
1: And I and and you you wisely pointed out in in one clip this past week that uh hey he's he's you know he's he's playing in some zone too.
2: Yeah, I know we talked about the fourth down incompletion that, that he helped force with that man coverage there, and that was a, a good rep. But I'd like the rep on third down in the first half more, the actual breakup because he was doing things that he didn't necessarily do a ton of in college where he's playing cover three, the deep third and having to Transition and flip his hips and drive on the football and use his length to break it up. You really see that how be the, the, the advantage of how long he is on that on that breakup there. So I mean, was, both reps were good, but I think him in that zone rep to see something different from his game was really encouraging.
1: Well, I would agree there, and I yeah, I think they're going to continue to. Uh, I envision after the bye week, it 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 we that that's probably when this is going to happen. It's coming.
2: Well, here's here's the the concern though. He's a left cornerback. That's primarily what he's getting. Right. So yes. Yeah. Okay. So how does how does that how does it look then? Who who gets moved where? Who gets benched? Walk me through that.
1: I I mean, that side seems to be his side, and you want him comfortable, right? Right. So if he comes in, that's gonna be his side.
2: So uh, what happens to Wallace and Patrick Peterson? Because Wallace is the right corner. Peterson, you're starting left corner right now.
1: Yeah, I think uh I think maybe you see Peterson on the other side.
2: Yeah, I mean maybe that might be the the cleanest thing. But uh, Peterson, I think, likes that left side. And are they going to bump him over for the rookie? Maybe they could.
1: I mean, unless yeah, unless could- like unless like starting, you know, this week we start seeing Porter get some other side reps, right?
2: Sure, and I mean, he has played some right corner. I know he did that in camp a little bit, and I'm sure he did some of that at Penn State, but I just know in Pittsburgh, at least, he's predominantly, I don't know, just guesstimating 90% of his snaps have come at left corner. I think everything inside a stadium has come at left corner, and so I don't want to put him at right corner and have him kind of you know deal with that on the fly as opposed, in, in addition to, I should say, him getting all those extra reps. So the, the, I understand the thought there, and I'm not opposed to Porter's role expanding. Of course, at some point it will, there's just a little bit of messiness and some things to sure. work through to actually you know, make that happen.
1: But you agree it's going to happen. And it's going to happen sooner rather than later, right? Or no?
2: I don't have a timetable on it exactly. I think Pittsburgh's you know, going to generally so- slow play him. Um, it may be where injury takes care of that. Somebody gets hurt, and that kind of creates a bigger role. I-, I just don't know exactly how it's going to look for that bigger role for Porter right now. Okay. Right. And just in terms of sides and 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 it's a, I mean it's not like this is you know, impossible problem, but just I want to mention that because I think that, that kind of gets lost in the whole just instinct to say well start Jerry Porter Jr.
1: and look sometimes these, like we talk about the offensive line and 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 Broderick Jones you know these things sometimes just have a way of working themselves out you know through you know injury attrition or extreme uh, extremely poor play or or, or whatnot but. Uh, It's going to happen, and I envision it happening uh, at the the latest uh, after the buy. All
2: right, fair enough. All right, Dave, let's uh, take a pause here. We're going to come back with our friend Vincent Vinny Bonsignor. He is, let me get all his bio here right, uh, covers the Raiders for VegasNation.com, also host of the Morning Tailgate Show for Raider Nation Radio. Follow him on Twitter at Vinny Bonsignor, that's B O N. S-I-G-N-O-R-E. And as we will mention here in our conversation, I think the Raiders or some, maybe the the radio company or someone like that is hosting a little get together for a little tailgate for Raiders fans and Steeler fans are invited too. That's going to be Saturday at 6 p.m. at the Red Tail at Resorts World. So a meet and greet opportunity there. So be sure to check that out at 6 p.m. and tell them Steelers Depot sent you. We'll take a pause and come back with Benny.
1: Okay, welcome back to the Terrible Podcast. It is Friday. Actually, it's Thursday, but uh, you'll be hearing this on Friday. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers play the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night, primetime game in Las Vegas. And that means, I think, uh, for a couple years in a row now, uh, we obviously had them on last year for the game uh, right around Christmas time there against the Raiders. I'm, of course, talking about Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny uh, covers the Raiders for uh, uh, the Review Journal. They brand that VegasNation.com is the best way to get at that site. Uh, you can follow his work on Twitter at Vinny Bonsignor, which is B-O-N-S-I-G-N-O-R-E. And you can also follow the Vegas Nation account uh, at Vegas Nation on Twitter slash uh, he also hosts uh, the uh, Raider Nation radio show. We'll have him talk a little bit more about that uh, at the end because we know a lot of Steeler fans are coming in town uh, this weekend for the game. Uh, so with that, long introduction, Vinny, happy Thursday slash Friday and welcome back to the Terrible Podcast.
0: Oh, man, I really appreciate you having me. And, and you know, for all the Steeler fans that are coming in uh, for the game, uh, if you if you're here Saturday, uh, come over and visit with us over at the Red Tail at Resorts World. Uh, we do like a um, a night before game party. And the, yes, there's a lot of Raider fans, but they're all really cool. Uh, and I'm sure they would get a kick out of seeing some Steeler fans. You guys could talk about things. have some. Uh, my show is sponsored by Dos Catas Tequila. They'll be out there uh, on Saturday night. And it's great food, great atmosphere over at the Red Tail. So the Red Tail uh, over at Resorts World at 6 p.m. If you guys want to join us, you're more than welcome.
1: Yeah, please do that. When you see Vinny, tell him, you know, you heard him on you've listened to him on the terrible podcast last couple of times and, and thank him for coming on the show. Uh when you do there. All right, uh, Vinny, let's uh, get it get uh, after it here. The Raiders one one uh at home hosting the Steelers here. Uh Mike Tomlin looking for his first win against the Raiders ever on the road. Uh the Steelers just don't play or you know, don't don't you know have and for several years, even before Tomlin as well too they've struggled uh, out west but uh, this is a raiders team coming off of a pretty big loss against the buffalo bills last weekend they opened up looking kind of okay but the uh, 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 the rumors of the josh allen demise were greatly exaggerated he really took over that game uh vinny uh, give us you know kind of your 30,000 foot you know uh, opinion of this raiders team just 2 weeks into the season here
0: yeah it's a it's a team that i think is um you know, often offensively still trying to put it together. Of course, Jimmy Garoppolo, the new quarterback for the Raiders, uh, really wasn't cleared to start playing football again until the very first day at training camp. Uh, so there was no OTAs and no offseason program for him. And, uh, you know, I think that that process is is definitely uh, ongoing. And you've got uh, Josh Jacobs, who, who missed all of OTAs and all of training camp. Uh, in a contract dispute, and he's gotten off to a slow start. Uh, So they're trying to get him acclimated back uh, into things, get his legs under him, get the chemistry with the offensive line. Uh, So it's an offense right now that I think will see better days uh, ahead of them. Um, You know, looking at the film and talking to some players, they feel like uh, there were a lot of plays that they left on the field on Sunday, really um, frustrating for them. Uh, but they feel like it's there for them. Uh, so I think offensively, getting Jacoby Myers back, it looks like uh, he's headed in the right direction, coming out of uh, concussion protocol. Uh, we'll see what his status is for 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 that game uh, on Sunday. But uh, I think the offense, you know, right now it's not where it needs to be, uh, but I think it has a chance to be pretty good defensively uh it's been an issue for a long time you know for the raiders and they played reasonably well against the denver broncos but it was a completely different story uh on sunday against the buffalo bills uh, i give josh allen or uh, yeah josh allen a lot of credit uh for for taking what the raiders defense was willingly giving him uh they they were intent on not make, giving up the big play they didn't uh, but he didn't even really try to he didn't have to um it was all short careful, uh, disciplined throws along with the running game that the Raiders simply couldn't stop. Um, so it's it's a little bit of a different story on, on defense. Uh, they just haven't been able to put it together, uh, really, and, and Sunday was was a, kind of an eye-opener. Uh, and here's the thing. you know, On paper, you look at the Steelers' offense, and I don't have to tell you guys that it hasn't been good <laughs> right. uh, over the first two weeks. Well, they're playing a defense that hasn't been all that great uh, either, Uh, And I think if you're a Raider fan, um, it would be a huge disappointment if they can't at least put the clamps somewhat on the Steelers offense. I'm not saying that the Raiders are expecting to pitch a shutout or anything like that, but if they can't slow this offense down based on how it's looked at the first two weeks of the season, that's probably uh, not good news for the Raiders defense moving forward.
1: When you look at their uh, the Raiders' rushing attack so far, obviously not where it uh, where they were hoping it was going to be. Now the game against the Bills got away from them, uh, kind of much in the same fashion that the Steelers' game against the uh, 49ers in Week One got away from them, uh, kind of get you out of uh, what you want to do running the football there. But I mean, overall, 116, I think, rushing yards so far. Josh Jacobs only 46 of those, averaging 1.6 yards. Uh, Tucker's got that long one long run for them, and if you take that, I mean, it's hard to. Cherry pick just two 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 weeks into the season here, but you know, uh, long story short, their their running game though still is better what than what the Steelers has been uh, two weeks in here. What have you seen as the 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 biggest issue with that run game right now? You know, uh, other than the fact that you know they were behind the eight ball and had to kind of a abandoned it for the most part against the Bills.
0: Yeah, and it's been two weeks in a row, so um, even though they they haven't really run it a whole lot i just i think um maybe 23 times in two games with josh uh, it just hasn't worked at all and i think it's it's a combination of things um you know I, I do think missing all of training camp and otas uh set josh back a little bit in terms of you know being in shape the legs uh the vision the timing with the offensive line uh and then i think that you know right now the offensive line just isn't doing a great job blocking for him up front. There's been a a, a bunch of plays where he's gotten met behind the line of scrimmage with zero chance even to get to the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, I I think what the Raiders are are thinking, though, is this is this is Josh Jacobs. He led the league in rushing last year uh, over 1,600 yards um, to lead the league uh, behind an offensive line that as the year went on last year, uh, got better and better. It became one of the strengths of the team. And I think that they feel based on you know history that eventually that, that running game is going to get going but right now it just isn't clicking uh and they need it to because this offense wasn't built uh to be one dimensional no offense is but this one in particular uh with Jimmy G um you know kind of more of a distributor he's not going to really challenge teams uh down the field all too often they need the running game uh, for him to be able to really maximize the weapons that he has, the style that he plays in, uh, plays, and, and and they just haven't had that. But uh, but they 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 feel like the answers are within, and then it's going to eventually happen and come.
2: I know we're audio only here, Vinny, but it's like looking into a mirror talking about these offenses yeah. and the struggles that each one have had right now uh, to stick with the offense and quarterback. Why did the team decide that Jimmy Garoppolo was the right guy to replace Derek Carr? And have you learned how to spell Garoppolo yet?
0: <laughs> how, long did oh, that, yeah. how long did that take you? Uh, it didn't take too long. I am Italian. So, uh, <laughs> okay, um, fair. you know, uh, so, uh, and, 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 um, You know, it's, it's, it's been fun getting to know, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy G as, as, as he's known, uh, and, and, you know, kind of, kind of, we've already been trading restaurant ideas out here in uh, Los Angeles or, excuse me, Las Vegas. So, uh, fun getting to know him, uh, on on that level. But to answer your original question, you know, when they, when they decided to, uh, to basically move on from, from Derek Carr, which ironically enough was immediately after that Steelers game last year in, 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 uh, Pittsburgh that was the um that was sort of the 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 straw that broke uh, the camel's back so to speak they had been kind of souring on him for a little while uh but but after that game it was you know that they weren't going to play him anymore and and decided to move on from him and that was step 1 um you know that was the decision to move on from him uh was independent of who his replacement was going to be and there were a whole bunch of you know possibilities and paths that they were you know willing to take um, it wasn't like they had Jimmy G, you know, locked up at the time that they uh, moved on from Derek. He was definitely among the possibilities, as was Tom Brady. And if neither of those worked out, then, you know, they were content on maybe going to get a Jacoby uh, Brissett or somebody of that, you know, ilk or maybe trading up uh, to go get a quarterback. So they had a lot of different options to go uh, toward. Uh, and I think more than anything, it was really moving on from Derek Carr and starting over at quarterback. Is Jimmy G the quarterback of the future no um is he the quarterback they feel uh at this point can help stabilize them and and keep them competitive yeah they, that's exactly what they uh believe and so when it all kind of came about he was literally the best option at the time um and it, there was a they had a kind of an ace up their sleeve uh Josh McDaniels was the first offensive coordinator for Jimmy G Jimmy's talked about how I didn't know anything about being an NFL quarterback. They didn't have a playbook uh, at his college. Uh, I, I still don't know if that's literally didn't have a playbook or or what, but he um he's he's adamant that he didn't know anything. They didn't huddle up uh in at, at his college. It was just, you know, sort of your typical kind of not typical, but just sort of unorthodox college offense. So so he credits Josh McDaniels with teaching him literally from the ground floor up. Um, how to play NFL quarterback. And so there was definitely a familiarity there. Uh, he's he's played in this offense. It's been a few years, obviously. Um, you know, you went to San Francisco and, and learned an entirely new offense under Kyle Shanahan. But there was familiarity. Uh, there was confidence. There was faith. And I think from, from Josh McDaniels' standpoint and Dave Ziegler, the general manager's standpoint, uh, they felt like they would, that, that Jimmy G gave them the boss, best opportunity right now uh, to be as competitive as possible they don't view themselves as you know um, they're not going to say this publicly or anything like that but there's no delusions that they're a super bowl team right now there's a lot of uh holes on this roster uh, that they're trying to address there was a lot of bad drafting going on here before mm-hmm. they got here and um you know they understand that it's going to be a process to fill those holes but they feel like they could be competitive right now uh, while simultaneously building a foundation for the future it's kind of a double uh, track that they're on. Um, and, and they felt like Jimmy gave them the best opportunity to maximize the one side of the track that they're on, which is to try to win as many games right now.
2: wanted to ask you about two skilled guys, one no longer with a team and one who may not be there much longer. Hunter Renfro, just one catch, one target through two games in a, you know, situation where Myers didn't play last week. Is he going to be traded? Is he kind of on, on his way out? And then a tight end, Darren Waller did get moved. You draft Michael Mayer. Doesn't seem like the tight ends have gotten a lot of looks so far. So what's the story on Renfro, and how are they replacing what Waller provided?
0: Yeah. Um, so you know, with with with, with Hunter, uh, it's been slow going. Um, you know, really the last two years. Last year, you could kind of attribute to uh, injuries. He got um, really suffered a, a really nasty concussion in week two, uh, and that set him back. Uh, and then there were two other injuries as as you know upon coming back that really set him back. So he didn't play a whole lot of football last year for the Raiders. And and while he, when he was uh, out on the field, um, it, it just wasn't working. He was kind of slow to transition uh, to the Josh McDaniels offense after kind of mastering John Gruden's offense. So, so there was that, um, you know, are, would they, would they trade him? Uh, it would have to take, you know, uh, a, a significant offer. I mean, I'm, he's not going to be somebody that gets a first round pick or anything like that, but, um, you know there is a contract that the trading team would would inherit, and some of that money is is left to be paid out uh, this year. So um, that would be a that would be something that a trading team would have to would have to assume. And I don't see that anyone's necessarily going to do that. Um, so I, I would I'd be surprised if, if he got traded. They're not going to cut him or anything like that. There's too much money invested in him. Uh, one way or another, he's just going to have to figure out his way, and they're going to have to figure out a way. To get him more involved now um one thing i'll say is this goes back to to that to the raiders kind of looking at the film and understanding that they left some plays on the table well there are there were at least a few occasions in buffalo where he was breaking wide open um and and jimmy just missed him um whether he wasn't looking whether he felt some pressure uh whether he just didn't pick it up um he just didn't see him and there's frustration in that but that, there's also a little bit of hope because as both as everybody's basically said, look, um, saw it on the, on the on the film. So that's one you put in the memory bank uh, for future reference, because uh, I don't think that Jimmy's going to miss many open ones like that uh, anymore moving forward. So it's on the radar. He saw it. He understood what happened and what the what the error was. So I would expect that Hunter, um, you know, is going to get more more looks moving down the line. And Josh McDaniels basically said on Monday um, he should have been targeted more than he was. Uh, on Sunday, he saw the tape and he understood it too. So, um, I think, you know, he's not going to no, know what's so interesting about Hunter Renfro. If you go back to his first couple of years, you know, he's 45, 50 ish kind of catches, mm-hmm. um, you know, as the, as the slot wide receiver, uh, but everything sort of changed in 2021. And if you look at that year, uh, there were, there were a lot of reasons that led to the ball going to Hunter, quite a bit. Number one, the Henry Rugg situation, uh, that, that, you know, all, um, you know, came about in, uh, in October, uh, pretty fairly early in this in the season. So, um, then, then Darren Waller went out, uh, for a, an extended period of time. So to, to be perfectly frank, there really wasn't many places to go with the football at that point. So he kind of became the de facto go-to guy. And I think that, that, um, You know, he ended up catching about 100 balls or so that that year, which is great for him. But I don't know if that's the ideal way to use Hunter Renfro. So I think he's sort of and I think but but the thing is, it created a lot of expectations uh, among fans. And then on top of that, you know, when Dave Ziegler uh, and, and Josh McDaniels got here, they gave him a contract extension coming off that 2021 season. So um My point being is that I think he's better suited being a guy that he was the first couple of years of his career, being a complimentary wide receiver Uh, in that first year, those first two years was really complimentary to Darren Waller. When he was healthy, he was the focal point of the Raiders passing attack and the numbers showed that. Um, But when they had to manufacture something, when Darren went out and the situation with Henry came about, you know, Hunter obviously benefited. Well, now he's playing in an offense with Devonte adams and who do you think is going to get the ball you know it's the best wide receiver in in the game or one of the best sure. wide receivers in the game and then on top of that you added J- uh, jacoby myers um who's who in that in that first week before suffering the concussion um was really a great compliment uh to 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 Devonte on on the other side so it, hunter's back to being you know that second and third uh kind of an option that he was his first couple of years. I think the numbers are going to show that, but I, but I think he could still have an impact. It's just going to be uh, on numbers that don't look like the the, the numbers in 2021.
1: Uh, Vinny soft. Flipping over to the uh, defensive side of football, obviously the marquee name of uh, uh, Max Crosby over there, uh, primarily uh, rushes and, and plays over there on the left side, uh, much in the same way that TJ Watt uh, does with the Steelers there. Uh, he's getting a lot of attention uh, on, on his side in these first two games uh, when you look at the tape there, and that's primarily because of his counterpart on the other side, first-round draft pick uh, Tyree Wilson, uh, having a tough road. Uh, I think even Brian Baldinger came out with a video know, a day or two ago, three days ago, whatever it was, uh, 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 you know, coming out of that Buffalo game there. Uh, Tyree, I think has had you know a foot issue and kind of a slow start to this thing. Uh, and now to, to, to make matters worse, I think he's on the injury report these last two days with, uh, with an illness and not practicing uh, there. Hey, is he going to play? And if he plays, you know, where, where is he at? I mean, obviously it hasn't been what they want it to be out of Tyree Wilson and that's causing a guy like Max Crosby to get all the attention, which, you know, he, he obviously deserves on that other side, but, uh, what's it looking like on the edge and, and also, yeah, you know, Chandler Jones going on the NFI list, uh, uh, this past week doesn't help matters.
0: Yeah. And I think it kind of all starts with Chandler. Uh, this was a, uh, a plan, um, a script that got torn up before filming began um, because Tyree, you know, the, the Raiders drafted Tyree, understanding that, you know, he was coming off a significant foot injury uh, that he suffered at Texas Tech in early November. Um, he hasn't played football up until about, he wasn't even cleared to get on the practice field until about a week left in in training camp uh, or, or, or so. Um, so he's, the whole plan was for, for him to be sort of an understudy to Chandler Jones initially. And he was going to share time with Chandler and, you know, spell Max Crosby on the other side from time to time. Sometimes they were, you know, depending on on how well he was progressing, they were going to play those three uh, in, in conjunction. And that's what they were going to do. They, there was total understanding that he wasn't going to hit the ground running right off the bat, uh, that there was going to be limited use, and that this was a five-year plan, not a one-year plan. And certainly not a you know uh, one month plan, uh, and and but everything you know went out the window uh, with the situation that that began with with Chandler uh, right before the the season opener, and you know obviously he hasn't been uh, around the team at the facility nothing uh, since since that first week uh, right before that for that first game, and and so the Raiders have had to scramble a little bit, and unfortunately for Tyree who I think is going to be a, a, a good player, um, but he's just not quite there yet, uh, understanding the defense, being in football shape. Uh, but he's got to play because they really don't have many other uh, options. He's splitting in time a little bit right now with, with Malcolm Kuntz, um, a third-year player. But between them right now, those two have two tackles and two quarterback pressures. And wow. that obviously is not very good. So uh, they need Tyree to to get there quicker than they than they uh, were pl- were planning for and, and there's no guarantee that he is you know this was something that i think they felt you know halfway into the season um he'd really start you know settling in and 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 being where he needed to be physically and understanding uh the defense so uh, a curve major curveball got got thrown uh to the team and certainly to tyree wilson i know that he's kind of taken the brunt of it on, on social media but um i kind of feel for him a little bit because this was not part of the plan. Uh, right now, it, it's just sort of forced because of uh, everything that happened with Chandler, and that's a whole other, um, you know, uh, issue. It's, it's. Uh, I don't have to probably tell anybody. I'm sure even Sealer fans have seen all the posts and uh, the the the, mm-hmm. the kind of ramblings that he's put out there, and some of the photos that he's put out there, some of the screenshots uh, of conversations that he's had with the owner, with the head coach, um, with with Larry Fitzgerald um it's really it's odd and and um you know the raiders obviously are describing it as a personal matter i think that speaks for itself i know a lot of a lot of readers and a lot of people want answers right now but this is one of those ones especially in today's climate with um you know uh, how we're handling mental health and the importance of that and and the appreciation for it i think everyone understands that something's going on that's that's above and beyond football so uh, answers will come at some point but you know, I think uh everybody understands what's best um is to try to make sure that Chandler Jones is okay ultimately. And I know the Raiders are trying to to, to do that. And I know we as reporters are, are are respecting that because there's something going on and I think that's pretty obvious.
1: They just gonna use that three uh, and uh, I I would expect though uh uh he, Wilson's going going to play Sunday. Is that the expectation? And then you talked about Koontz being the next guy up. Is there is there a fourth man in that rotation?
0: um yeah uh, Jerry Tillery kind of slides okay. on the outside and and yeah Tyree's going to play he's played the first couple of games so um he's played roughly 70ish snaps so uh he's kind of slowly getting his legs uh under him but yeah um he'll 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 play uh, is my expectation i know that you know there's been some uh uh he's been banged up a little bit but um but but i would expect him to play um you never know though obviously and they're going to they're going to be as careful as they possibly can uh, w- w- with Tyree, so uh, we'll 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 see. And in terms of you know who who might else be in there, like I said, Jerry Tillery, uh, Isaac Rochelle, um, who's been on their practice squad. Uh, he's, he went to Notre Dame and and you know played f- five years or so uh, in the NFL. But again, none of those guys are, are Chandler Jones, um, obviously, uh, and and even Tyree isn't isn't Tyree Wilson or the Tyree Wilson that the Raiders are expecting at some point. Uh, so they're behind a rock in a hard place uh, over there on that other defensive end position.
2: Vinny, I think for Steeler fans, one familiar face they'll see on the Raiders squad this Sunday is Robert Spillane signing over this offseason. Give us an update on good old Bob Spillane. He, he's played every single snap for you guys this year. Just kind of give me a, a Cliff Notes version on his role and how he's done so far.
0: Yeah, and I think he's quickly and I, I, I expected this after meeting Robert and getting to know him a little bit. Um you know, he's cut right out of the linebacker, you know, uh, central casting um, <laughs> and certainly as a Pittsburgh Steeler type linebacker. And and you're, you're almost synonymous when you talk about Raiders uh, and the Steelers. So they're kind of cut from the same cloth um, a little bit. So so he definitely fits right in. And uh, I think Max Crosby referred to him the other day as a maniac um, in a good <laughs> way. Uh, a couple of Mac guys that uh, that have really that are really bonded. But he's all football um you know and I know he's excited we talked to him today uh about playing his former teammates and and the Pittsburgh Steelers uh but it's definitely all football for him and and he's been one of the bright spots uh, of the Raiders defense uh there's been a couple um and I think there's some talent on the on the Raiders defense Blaine included Marcus Epps uh the veteran safety Divine Diablo has been having a really nice year third year linebacker uh Jacorian Bennett a young cornerback for Maryland and obviously Max but it just hasn't, especially in that in that in that Buffalo game, they just haven't been able to kind of put all those new pieces together. Um, and they're hoping, obviously, that, that that happens against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday.
2: Sure. My last question for you, then I'll let Dave finish things up to stick with the defense. I think what struck me the most about that unit is they don't really change their personnel too much. I mean, when they're when they're base defense, it's it's a four they They're really counting on Nate Hobbs to kind of be that de facto Linebacker and he's got a bunch of tackles this year. Why don't they run, say, a four three with three linebackers when teams go heavy? I'm seeing Denver, Buffalo, they're putting multiple tight ends on the field, and the Raiders do not really match that. What is the the rationale behind that, especially for a run defense that has not been good overall? Two games in.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that they may uh, have to look at uh, uh, changing a little bit, changing it up a, a little bit. You know, I know that they like uh, Robert and. Uh, Luke Masterson is a young player that they that they like as well. And obviously, I talked about uh, Divine. So, you know, maybe maybe having three linebackers out there uh, is their best bet. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Nate Hobbs is literally one of their best defensive players. and he's he's mm-hmm. he's, he's more than just a cornerback. He's kind of a just a football player. And so they're probably a little bit concerned about taking Nate off the field um because he does so much for them so um i think that that probably plays into it a little bit they've been they, they do do um haven't quite as much uh this year as as i thought that they would but i think they're going to start getting to this too you know uh three safeties uh that that's something that they worked on a lot in training camp they did quite a bit quite a bit of it last year as well so um but and that's always going to come at at the expense uh, of, of a linebacker and the other issue is that. They haven't gotten real good play from the interior of their defensive line yet. So that sort of exasperates the situation. Those guys were doing their job a little bit better, Um, especially in that Buffalo game. It probably wouldn't have been felt, um, uh, you know, not having that extra linebacker out there as much as it was. But uh, but they didn't. And so it it, it did. And they just had a a hard time, you know, tackling and getting guys to the ground. And and that was really when you think about that Buffalo game, uh, they controlled the line of scrimmage. Uh, from an offensive standpoint and a running standpoint, there was really not uh, not much that the Raiders could do about it.
1: When you look at uh, a couple things that stick out to me, uh, uh, the Raiders through two weeks, uh, you know, with opposing quarterbacks. Uh, were 16 of 21 for 155 yards with two TDs when using play action. And the other thing that kind of stuck out to me uh, is uh, that their defense has allowed 16 catches for 112 yards and a touchdown to opposing tight ends through the first two games. Now, (laughs) the Steelers have not used Pat Firemuth hardly any in the passing game so far. And the Steelers on offense uh, seem to be a little, you know, they had some success, but they only used a limited Limited amount of play action in that game against Cleveland the other night, you know, they connected twice to George Pickens on it when, when they did there, but are these two areas that, you know, along with trying to establish the run, something else the Steelers haven't been able to do on offense, but is this the key to, you know, in a nutshell for the Steelers, you establish the run uh, or at least try to establish the run up front, use some play action and then get the tight ends involved in the passing game.
0: Yeah, uh uh definitely one thing that the Raiders, you know, uh would would counter with is is saying uh not giving up any big plays and it worked against Denver. You know, they were able to there were a lot of completions. This is where sometimes statistics can be a little bit uh tricky. Um you know, if you looked at it simply by completions given up, um you know, it did, it, it didn't look good especially for the defenders individually themselves. But what they did a great job of was tackling. So um, there were a lot of completions, but they weren't going for a lot of yards. And by and large, the Raiders knocked them down uh, before, you know, the yard marker uh, and especially on third downs and force them to punt and things like that. So, um, you know, the Raiders feel like right, don't give up the big play if they want to go short, use their tight ends and complete passes. It's easy to do that in the NFL if you have a competent quarterback. Uh, but the key is get guys to the ground as quickly as possible. If they do that, they'll, they like their chances. Uh, In that regard, but if they're not tackling and that kind of was the case against the Buffalo Bills, it all goes for naught because not only are you giving up those short passes, those short passes turn out to be, you know, eight yard gains, 11 yard gains, 13 yard gains, and they're moving the chains or putting you in uh, really good, you know, down to distances. So, um, you know, if if, if, I still think that that's the approach that they're going to take, especially with Pickens um you know who they who and i would imagine that they're going to try to put some pressure on him through some blitzes and whatnot but i think i think what they're going to try to do is take away the big plays and force him to play a disciplined game uh and then tackle well hoping that he's going to make a mistake here uh, or there but it but if it if it kind of plays out especially in that early in the game kind of like it did against the buffalo bills they're definitely going to have to change something because uh if they're giving up easy passes and not tackling and teams are just marching down the field uh, by you know taking what the defense has given them, um, they're going to end up gassed just like they were against Buffalo, uh, and and not be able to uh, to, to hold up uh, against that.
1: I think they've m- been playing what mostly uh, two to one zone demand uh, uh, in the back end. That sound about right.
0: Yeah, um, you know it's Patrick Graham for what and and he was kind of touted as a guy that was wanted to run a lot of man uh, coverage, but that hasn't necessarily been the case. Um, I think they're probably making it a little bit easier for Jacorian Bennett, the the rookie. And you know, Marcus Peters is is a is a decent um zone defender. Uh he's probably not suited to be that kind of lockdown man to man cover guy. So um but the problem with that with that too is um if you're not getting a pass rush consistently, then you know there's there's definitely areas in the zone defense that you can exploit right. as a quarterback, and that's definitely what Josh Allen did last week.
1: Who's the one guy on special teams to pay attention to for the Raiders this week?
0: Uh if you're talking about, you know, they they've their punter and kicker are, are you know as good as it gets. So right. uh AJ Cole and Daniel Carlson on that uh end of things. Uh DeAndre Carter is, you know, he's he's a touted return guy. Um you know, I think that uh, he adds a little bit of juice uh, as well. And I would say if they gave Trey Tucker, the rookie from Cincinnati, uh, a, a, a shot, um, you know, I think he's somebody that can make something happen on special teams as well.
1: All right. Uh, I think it's two and a half out, out here uh, in the desert uh, right now. The consensus right now, uh, Raiders uh, favored at home over the Steelers. Uh, what do you have in a way of a prediction for us, Vinny?
0: Yeah, um, this is a game that if 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 you're a Raider fan and and the Raiders don't win this game, um, I think it's I think it's it, it's it, that that would make for a bleak next week. Likewise, um, Vinny. Over yeah, no, I, I I agree. Um, I agree de- definitely. And it is kind of a uh who's gonna break here um type of a type of a game, but um, especially defensively, I just feel like if the Raiders aren't sh- showing signs of progress against this offense. Uh, that probably doesn't bode well for for moving forward. So uh, I'm not going to make a prediction, um, but uh, I, I would, if I was a Raider fan, I'd be disappointed if the Raiders didn't win this one. All
1: right. And tell people once again where they can find you out there uh, this weekend and tell them a little, a little bit about where they can find you on the radio and, and find your writing.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, morning tailgate show, 7 to 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, Monday through Friday on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, you could go to uh, Raider Nation dot, or Raiders dot com uh, every day, and and they stream it live there. If you're uh, uh, out of the out of the market, so uh, and then you know cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review Journal or Vegas Nation. So go to VegasNation.com. Uh, you could read all the all of our stories and podcasts and all that good stuff. Uh, at VegasNation.com, and I appreciate you, you uh, let me say all that. No
1: problem, and follow Vinny on Twitter at VinnyBondSignor. We'll have that uh, link in the uh, post on SteedersDepot.com as well, too. Vinny, it's great catching up with you again, and I uh, hope you enjoy uh, the game, and we look uh, forward to the next time these two teams get together having you back on the Terrible Podcast again with Dave and
0: Alex. All right. I appreciate it, I love Pittsburgh. I love getting out there.
2: And welcome back to the Terrible Podcast. And again, our special thanks to Vinny Bonsignor. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Vinny Bonsignor. That is B-O-N-S-I-G-N-O-R-E. Again, he covers the Raiders for VegasNation.com and host of the Morning Tailgate Show for Raider Nation Radio. So always great to hear from Vinny Dave.
1: Yeah, Vinny. Uh, one thing about him, boy, he's not afraid to giving you give you a long, detailed answers, and I and I and I like that. I mean, he will he will talk and expand on 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 questions and all like that. Uh, really, uh, has has become one of my favorites to have on the show. And we'll see how long uh, it's been. A couple of years in a row, uh, the Steelers have played the uh, 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 the Raiders, and so we'll see if that continues. But you can bet uh, any time moving forward uh, that the Steelers do play the Raiders, that we'll have Vinny on, and if if if, if People get a chance to run out to Resorts World uh, and, and say hello to Vinny. I'm sure he would appreciate uh, knowing and uh, that you heard him on the Terrible Podcast.
2: Yeah, for sure. Again, that's Redtail at Resorts World meet and greet 6 p.m. Saturday before the Sunday game between the Steelers and Raiders. So Dave, let's you and I preview this game as well. We'll start with the Raiders offense one and one on the season. They got blown out by Buffalo in week two. I got a narrow win over the Denver Broncos in week one. And so both teams really trying to obviously get to two and one here. What are your thoughts when you look at and evaluate this Raiders offense?
1: Uh, They're a team that's trying to figure out how to run the the ball successfully uh, as well. Now, they uh, don't they like to put a fullback out there uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, they are not opposed to going to some, uh, heavy, heavier, uh, heavier formation looks and all, and, uh, they have just, they've struggled to run the football. Now they like the Steelers did in week one against the, against the bills, uh, this past week, the Raiders got behind in the game and kind of took out, you know, what, what they, they really like to do here. But, uh, this is a team that obviously with, with, with Josh Jacobs in the backfield, they want to run the football. That's what they want. Their identity to be. Uh, they use Jimmy G under center quite a bit, uh, a lot. Uh, and you'll see a lot of those fullback lead runs right up the gut. There, uh, you will see an occasional. In fact, one of their it was it was really set up real nice. That uh, that that end around. So who was that wide receiver? Uh,
2: uh, Trey Tucker, I believe. Yeah, yeah,
1: he. yeah. I mean the can uh, the. Uh, the, the limited split on the outside. You look at that thing at the all twenty two, and and I think Jimmy was under center on that play. Uh, you look at that thing right uh, when 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 the jet motion is 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 happening there, right before handoff. You're thinking, oh man, there's no way they don't they don't hit this one. Uh, and they did uh, uh, for 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 big yardage on that one. But this is a team that that likes to run, that likes to use play action. Uh, they are not opposed to using Josh Jacobs in 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 the, in a either the screen game or the uh uh you know the release and 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 dump off. Uh, over the middle of the field too. So they like Josh Jacobs. They're not afraid to use Josh Jacobs. And I I would expect that's going to carry over uh, into this game uh, with with them. Get their running game going and then build everything up, up off of that.
2: Yeah, they have to get that run game going. It's really been stuck in the mud. You had the stat in talking to Vinny: what 1.6 yards per carry for Josh Jacobs. His long run this year is seven yards. I mean, it's it's really been a struggle for them. And they are kind of the opposite when it when you look at the Cleveland Browns' run game. They are between the tackles, downhill, fullback, six offensive linemen. That's Larry Warford, the uh, the former Lions guard, who's a big body there. And so they use a the fullback a lot and kind of that more traditional block first sense and so that's that's their personality and they've really struggled to to have that success so far but knowing how bad Pittsburgh's been against the run knowing there's no Cam Hayward you can bet they're going to really try to to test the run this week and and with the pass game I think Garoppolo's the numbers look decent for him I think he's missed some stuff but when you have Adams you get Myers back those are two pretty good targets on the outside
1: yeah, absolutely, and they they like to run that uh, that slot fade to Adams. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll see that in here. Uh, they what else do they they like to do? I mean, he he's he's not opposed to to working the football up over the middle. He did kind of give uh, Devontae a hospital ball late, late in that game, though, kind of some air in that, uh, and and just you know trying to make a big play at the end of the game there. Uh, overall, uh, one guy that I would expect them to try to get off the uh, uh, off the snide, if you will, uh, this weekend is Hunter Renfro. Just not a lot of action for him uh, so far, so I, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of you know uh, force some maybe stuff uh, early into Hunter Renfro. Uh, I tell you, another thing that stuck out on 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 that touchdown of uh, theirs as well too. Uh, out of uh, 22 personnel with, with one of the tight ends being, being the extra offensive lineman uh, there uh a, a a a uh a uh what they call that a smoke screen uh with the, the uh devonte adams that was set up very very nice and executed very very well uh with the with the offensive lineman on that left side getting out into space and and, and, and sealing that one block off uh for really what it, what what constituted an easy touchdown in that situation so i would imagine with the uh, go, going against the steelers, uh pass rush and all. What'd you think about I look their their offensive line has yet to give up a sack mm-hmm. you know, uh so far. Uh uh and I think as a whole, even in situations where Jimmy Garoppolo uh had to hold the football long longer against the Bills, I, I thought the I thought the uh the, the Raiders offensive line uh held up really well. Now there was a lot of just only four man rushes Uh, By the bills, you know, so uh, but I I thought the line held up uh, really, really well. I thought Jacobs did a good job in blocking when when asked to pick some stuff up uh, as well. But I could see a situation where maybe they try to get the ball out 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 of Jimmy's hands in in passing situations, uh, especially if they're in you know, second and, and very manageable type situations here. Uh, I don't think they want to get themselves in a situation where Jimmy G has to hold the football as long, but what stuck out to me in in, in the tape specifically from that game against the Bills was when, when Jimmy G did had to hold on, hold on to the football, uh, the line out hel- held up uh, uh, really well. And if you look at the interceptions that he threw in that game as well, too, uh, one was batted up into the air and kind of uh. You know he's kind of fading away. Kind of a deeper pass rush alignment. Got his hands up, and that ball was tipped. And on the second one, uh, Matt Milano made that made a hell of a damn play. Uh, kind of reaching over the y over the target in that situation there. So I think overall Jimmy does a good job uh, decision wise. I think he sees the he's seeing the field very well. Now this hasn't uh, resulted in. Obviously, a lot of explosion uh, for this team, but uh, he will throw down the sideline. He'll throw that back shoulder. He'll throw that uh, slot fade uh, and all. And then once again, there was even one instance in this game, I think in the first half there against a a, a cover three that uh, they're, they're not afraid to let their outside guys try to win and get over the top and throw over the top of a cover three situation. Sure,
2: they paid Adams a bunch of money and traded for him. Obviously, they paid Myers, I believe, a, a good sum of money, and they got you know some weapons on the outside. So, if you're Pittsburgh, the two guys, of course, you want to take away Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs, which Pittsburgh very effectively took away last year. Jacobs and Adams were very quiet in Pittsburgh's Christmas Eve win. I think held the Raiders to what was at ten points, whatever the number was, but. The Raiders do have a better, you know, number two receiver on the outside in, in Myers, who had a big, big week one, nine catches for eighty one yards and, and two touchdowns. And Renfro, yeah, very quiet for Renfro, one target all all year in the in the two games. And he's a guy that's one of the better route runners in, in football. And so I'm really surprised by that. But Adams and Jacobs are the guys to take away. Uh, my only other note here for this this Raiders offense is in that that pass game. A lot of vertical divide routes, a lot of, you know, post and, you know, a corner, um, you know, post and in a seam, something like that, that's going to try to put some of these safeties in conflict. So, you know, how do you defend that? It can be tough, you know, cover two, you don't want the middle of the field to be open against some of these divide routes and cover one, that safety going to get, you know, put in a bind. So, you know, do you try to maybe play some cover four? Do you uh, maybe man up a bit more in this game? You know, I'm not quite sure, but I'm a little worried about some of those vertical divide routes because the Raiders seem to to lean on that and have had some success with it.
1: What do you think about some robber in this? Uh, uh...
2: Yeah, I mean, you could, uh, you know, just depending on the situation, you typically get that more like third and, you know, third and obvious pass situations, put right. that rubber near the sticks to take away a crosser. Um, but yeah, I'm just a bit worried about, you know, them getting a big play over the middle because they're going to, you know, run this divide route and put one of these safeties in conflict.
1: Well, the big, big, big focus, in my opinion, A, you know, you got to shut that down that run game. Uh, don't let, uh, and we'll have to see if, uh, Fuhoko, uh, is part of that. It feels like he's going to be part of that, uh, this week up the gut there. Uh, got to have your. You know, you can't have what you had happen early on in that game against the Browns, where even though you're getting some some arms or some shoulders on a guy like Nick Chubb, uh, have those all, all those yards after after contact there. So uh, stop the run first and foremost, and and pay a whole hell of a lot of attention. I I want if they lose this game, it should come down to guys like Renfro, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 you know their other wide receiver doing the damage here.
2: Yeah, you don't want Adams to be the Myers. guy that, that beats you. Um, yeah, I mean, Myers is a talented player, but he's no Devontae Adams. And they really have not spread the ball around. I mean, I know they've had some injuries, but I believe the only two receivers that have caught more than one pass through two games are Myers and Adams. And the tight ends aren't involved. They traded Waller away, not really replaced him. They draft Mayer, but he's I think he's one catch on the season. So, you know, it's still early, but their their game plan has really gone through just a couple of people so far.
1: Right. And once again, you know, the, the score in that Buffalo game kind of dictated them going sure. away some things that they like to do. But uh, that's them in a nutshell. I mean, I, I think overall their offensive lines, you know, uh, here here's the thing that stuck out uh, uh, finishing up some tape this morning here with them. Statistically uh, and, and offensively, they don't you know, it, it doesn't look all that but man, schematically, they look light years ahead of what the Steelers have done so far this year.
2: <laughs> that's a good that's a good summation of it, where maybe their talent isn't at Pittsburgh's level in some respects, at least when Pittsburgh, in theory, could be at their best. But schematically, they I agree they have looked strong. And yeah, that line, it's not flashy, but Colton Miller's grown up a lot at left tackle, Illuminor at right tackle. He's a veteran. He's playing some good ball for them. They were really high on Andre James. I believe he replaced Rodney Hudson. They gave him a contract, and I think he's been been okay, not great, but but you know held his own. And so I got some big people too. I mean, you know they like size up front, uh-huh. and Warford's that that six offensive lineman. So. Uh, again, that's why Fajoko got signed, and he sh- and Fajoko should be active. I don't know exactly how they're going to have all the actives and actives, but Fajoko P- is the guy that you want dressed for a game like this.
1: I agree, and uh, for the Steelers to win this game, Jimmy Garoppolo has to suffer his first sack, his second sack, probably his third sack, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe even a fourth sack for the Steelers to win this game. And there, there should be instances in this for guys like Highsmith and Watt to win
2: there are but you know, I think these are some decent tackles and I imagine everyone you know it, it's interesting because you listen to the opposition talk and it used to be just about TJ Watt now you see Highsmith being mentioned in that conversation too I think the, the league is recognizing pretty quickly you know with instances like Monday night's win how much of a threat Alex Highsmith is too
1: you know that's one of the things that 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 gets you so upset about this this team right now man they are so good on the edge right now i mean that they- can you name a better duo right now than these two
2: i can't i mean i'd have to think about the whole list i'm sure brown's fans would take issue and say they got their guys and Zedarius Smith and miles garrett and there's probably some team i'm missing right now but i don't i can't tell you with confidence who's better than tJ watt and alex ismith
1: and what about a top three across the league you know?
2: mhm- yeah i mean with marcus golden, golden and you know Herbig, you know it's been you know how do you think Herbig's done i know the snap count's been been limited, but it's been, I guess, not in the script, pretty quiet.
1: Yeah. But I mean, yeah, yeah once again, you, you nailed it. I mean, not, not a lot of snaps out yeah. there for him right now.
2: But to your point, sure. I mean, you got, you know, the, the pass rush is never, I mean, besides Watt getting hurt, whenever he's healthy, the pass rush is just a given. Like, it's going to be one of the best in football and, and continues to be that way.
1: Yeah, I'd like to take my chances, get him in, into some of these situations uh that we saw Garoppolo uh in against the Bills where he has to hold on that hold on to that football a little bit longer. And once again, mm-hmm. I I he he held up pretty good in those situations against the Bills. I thought protection over mm-hmm. overall. And once again, it seemed like the Bills were sending only four, only rushing four. Uh, but they did do a good job, I thought that line and handling stunts and all like that.
2: Yeah, but Garopp- Garoppolo's is not super mobile, so hopefully, if you can get to him, you're going to get him down and not try to play this cat and mouse game like they did against Watson, who they sacked six times. But you know, you could have had ten sacks in that game. Watson, you know, got out of a couple too. Right. All right. Flipping over to the Raiders' defense, and I know I've harped on it before, and I mentioned this to to Vinny, but. I mean, the Raiders, they are a stubborn bunch. They are going to play their 4-2-5. No matter if you put two tight ends, a fullback, you can put you know 11 offensive linemen out there. They're going to be in 4-2-5. Uh, I mean, you know, they'll, they'll play dime in, in passing situations. But what I mentioned earlier was you better be able to run the ball. If I'm Pittsburgh, Dave, I'm going heavy. I'm going 13 personnel. I'm going six offensive linemen. If they're going to stay in their four-two-five with two linebackers in that you know, nickel corner, which is a good player in Nate Hobbs, but I want to I run the ball and really be physical against the Raiders.
1: I do too. I I you know, once again, and 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 no disrespect to Bob Spillane. He comes down and plays the run hard and all, but uh uh I'm 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 testing him a lot in this game in that front. I think even uh uh I think their uh who who is who's their center? Bilal uh uh Bilal uh the nose tackle? Yeah nose tackle. Yeah, Nichols, uh, yeah, Nichols. Nichols, he's a little banged up this week. And, uh, I, I think if you look at some of the stuff that the, the, the bills did in this game, they pulled their, they pulled, they got some of their guards on the move mm-hmm. in that game, uh, as well too. So I think there's a lot to learn, uh, from what the bills did, uh, with running the football that the Steelers should be, uh, copying and pasting, uh, in this game. And then if you're going to run. Uh, uh, you know off, 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 off guard towards tackle. Go at, go at Tyree, man. You, you got to go at Tyree in this game,
2: right? Um, because Max Crosby's a tough guy to go after. I know we think about him more as a pass rusher than a run defender, but Pittsburgh's had their issues. I know Pat Frymuth has had his, his issues mm-hmm. against Max Crosby, and so you know. But but regardless of how you want to do it, I mean, I just think because they are not playing all their big people up front. This is a game where if you can't run against the Raiders who have been run on their run defenses, bottom third in football, then, then you can't run on on, on anybody. So this is the week to, I think go heavy. I mean, I, every week, obviously you want to run the ball. You want to be physical, but I think just schematically it should set up well for Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah. And I would, you know, like, like Matt Canada was asked about, I, I would th- think seriously about putting Broderick out there as an extra mm-hmm. lineman, especially look, what did Georgia do a lot of uh, uh, with 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 Washington and 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 Jones side by side? Now, obviously Jones was was the tackle there, but uh, you could you could roll out some super heavy packages uh, in this game, and especially with Crosby staying on his side, you know what you're going to get on the other side. I would attack the snot out of Tyree. I really would on that side.
2: Sure, I'm with you, and that's going to be, I guess, just to the Steelers' left correct if you're going to go after Tyree wilson so maybe pull one of these guys across i don't know something like that but yeah i mean it's you know even their other inside backer who plays a bunch diablo is a college safety so they don't really I mean Splain, you know is a dude against the run but but other than that i think you can you can attack these guys so that's the thought there in the past game i think you mentioned and i saw on tape zone heavy team a lot of cover two some cover four as well to try to bring the safeties down to help you know mitigate that that four two, five. Uh, package that they run i mean they're physical it's it's a it's a you know physical unit hobbs is, is a really good player and jacorian bennett from maryland it's been physical he's got 16 tackles this year and the safety play i mean they got some guys that can hit but um i mean it's not a an overly impressive secondary
1: Right. And I would imagine, like Vinny said, they're going, you know, what What they have been so far in the first two games, you know, their, their, their concentration on not giving up the big play. Uh, they will probably be fine with, with, with having the Steelers. You know, kind of dink and dunk, maybe, if you will. I mean, the tight, uh, tight end so far, uh, against them have had some catches, not an astronomical amount of yards, but, uh, they have had some, uh, what 16, 17 catches, something along those lines, I think, for over 100 yards. And I think a touchdown there. Uh, this would be a, this might be a good week. And look, you go back to all those breakdowns that you used to do on Bob Splaine getting, uh, singled up in some situations where maybe he doesn't want to be, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was the whole linebackers on receivers thing. I mean, I think, A, Pittsburgh, to their credit, has cleaned that up, and I don't know if that's an issue as much in in Vegas right now, but he's not a man coverage kind of guy, and he has played literally every single snap through the first two games. So he is their all-situations player. He was a linebacker in Pittsburgh last year, and so can you – get Warren on Spillane for a couple of matchups. I think that's an advantage for Jalen Warren.
1: I, I would agree uh, because uh, he, he, uh, Spillane, you know, in, 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 in zone, he doesn't, he does not it- cut very well right you know he doesn't uh, change your direction so if you run some option routes or something like that mm-hmm. uh uh at him especially like you you ne- noted uh warren's been very good in the past game so maybe that's an area that you can exploit uh in in in, in this and you just have got to have uh you know another thing that warren sharp uh, pointed out which you know it, it's been easy to do about you'll pick it throwing outside the numbers and all like that. That goes back to some of the things too that we've talked about with yards after the catch. You're you're more likely to get more yards after the catch uh, with with stuff thrown towards the middle of the field than you are outside the numbers, right? You know, so Mm -hmm. you need to try, you know, continue to try to get, uh, attack the middle of the field more, uh, to give yourself some run after catch opportunities, because obviously they're going to probably going to be trying to keep a lid on this thing uh, 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 on the back end. So if you can get some of these zones, get some guys running free in space towards the middle of the field, you're more likely to bust one like you like you saw happen in that in that game last week for the Steelers against the Browns.
2: I wonder if in the past game you're going to see a similar route tree to the 49ers because the 49ers were a cover three, cover four type of team. And the Raiders are pretty zone heavy, maybe a bit more cover two, But you might see some of those, the all curl special that Matt Canada uh, loves to run. But but as you said, hopefully a week for Pat Frymuth to come alive because you're right. The tight ends have had success against the Raiders. I know the Kincaid. Had a good game and Knox caught a touchdown last week and I mean how is Frymuth only have one catch through two right. games? I mean, that, that's a pretty baffling stat.
1: Right, seems like you should be able to get him going in this game, especially they're going to pay obviously a lot of attention uh, to uh, to 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 Pickens and not let him kill kill mm-hmm. you up up over the top.
2: My last note for the Raiders' defense is I think some play action on the goal line. As much as I think about running the ball and eating can be goal, cool, I think the Raiders are pretty aggressive and they they bite downhill. I know Knox got open on play action at the one-yard line for a touchdown. There was a fourth and goal play, which the Raiders got to stop on, but they left Stephon Diggs wide open. There was some confusion, I think, miscommunication, and he got open. So I think some play action, low red zone, you might get somebody wide open.
1: Right. And I think uh, I had the stat in the first two games that they've been now they did play against Russell Wilson and, 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 and Josh Allen, but uh, 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 opposing quarterbacks so far in the first two games against the Raiders have been strong off of play action.
2: Okay. I know, I know in general they're completing 81% of their passes against the Raiders. the Raiders have tried to keep a lid on things. I think, as Vinny talked about, they did not allow Buffalo to throw deep. And that is a concern because the Raiders' blueprint is going to be the same as 40. I think it's going to be very similar similar to the 49ers in terms of the scheme. Eight man box, stop the run, don't get beat deep, kind of play your, going to have a very similar game plan.
1: You just, you just, uh, Zoom just cut out on you and then, then reconnected.
2: Okay. I can repeat that. Um, I think the game plan the Raiders will have will be very similar to the 49ers, where it's going to be eight man box, stop the run, play the corners off, cover three, cover four, don't get beat deep. That was their game plan against Buffalo. And so I know the 49ers have more talent, but I think schematically what you're going to see from Vegas is going to be very similar to what you saw against San Francisco.
1: All right. We'll be on the lookout for that then.
2: And then, just last note uh, overall, I think as Vinny mentioned as well, the specialists for the Raiders are good. AJ Cole is one of the best punters in football, and uh, their kicker Carlson's uh, pretty good too.
1: Right. Uh, tell tell the thing that st- uh, you you probably focused in more on Hobbs for them. Uh, mm-hmm. What's uh, give give a quick rundown on Hobbs in his role.
2: Yeah, I mean he's the the de facto quasi linebacker in their four two five. So you know typically when you think base defenses in the NFL, you know Pittsburgh has their three four. The uh, Bengals, for example, have their four uh, three. The the Raiders are always in nickel with five DBs. Hobbs is a defensive back. He's not terribly big, but he is pretty physical, and so he's always kind of in the box. As that you know again de facto third linebacker next to Spillane and, and Diablo, and so they're trying to be. Scheme versatile and be able to cover and and still try to stop the run. And so he's a guy I believe has played like ninety seven percent of the snaps this year. And so he really is their all situation guy, kind of like, kind of like Mike Hilton. But I mean, Hilton was not used in that every down sense. It's uh, I know Tom made the reference to Buffalo and Teron Johnson, who's kind of their every down nickel corner. And so bottom line is uh, they don't have three linebackers. They have four down linemen. They have two linebackers. They have Hobbs to play in the box. Is that de facto third guy?
1: All right. Who, who are we talking about the, the most in this uh, uh, for a Steelers win offensively uh, if, if the Steelers win this game?
2: That's a good question. I mean, I think hopefully the run game in general with Harrison Warren and just the improvement there. I think if you're going to I think this is the time to run the ball. I think they can do it. And then the pass game, Pickens might be taken away, and I think they're going to keep things in front. It might be Pat Frymuth. This might be Pat Freimuth's week to step up and have have a big game.
1: If the Steelers rush for less than 80 yards in this game, do they win?
2: Probably not, but I mean, it's it's hard to say this team is weird. They can have some really crooked numbers in a bad way offensively and (laughs) still win, so it's hard to say.
1: All right, all right. Good breakdown. Really good breakdowns on the site uh, for offense and defense if people get a chance to run by and see those.
2: Yeah, credit to Josh Carney and Jonathan Hightrider for uh, their contributions on the individual side. I focus more on scheme. They write about the individual play, and it's all worth checking out on Steelers Depot. Okay, Dave, Thursday night, uh, I am 1-0 on the week, taking the 49ers, right? You took the Giants, I believe. Or did you take the Yeah, 49ers?
1: no, I I took the I took the Giants last okay. minute because I envi- I envisioned the game going the way that it went except for the fact that I had the Giants uh getting one of those late uh uh scores uh to to just cover that 10 and a half. So uh you won it uh you had you took the 49ers. Boy, they didn't even have uh Oh, uh who's the receiver? Uh Are you- yeah, they didn't have Brandon Ayuk, and they didn't even miss him uh, in, in 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 that game. They have scored thirty points three games in a row now, ninety points in total. How how, how many more games is going to take the Steelers to get to uh to to ninety points? But I I think uh and look, they, you know they they were expected to win that game anyway, but uh, the 49ers look for real.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just a well-coached team. Yeah, you're right. It, It feels like no matter who they have or don't have out there, they just don't miss a beat. They play their game and they're effective and the Giants are off to a brutal start. But before we make the rest of our week three picks, including the Steelers game, let's hear from our friends Dave over at my bookie.
1: Yeah, let's Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers season is officially over, but yours has just begun at my bookie NFL college football and a brand new cash out system give you options to bet and win all season long first two legs of your parlay hit cash out early and place another bet or let it ride for a chance at a bigger payday. Join us at MyBookie for an entire season filled with daily odds boost, same-game parlays, and huge prize pool contests. Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code TERRIBLE on your first deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash, instantly credited to your mybookie account. That's promo code terrible to claim your cash bonus now at mybookie.ag. You can bet anything anytime anywhere only with mybookie
2: And we thank my bookie for their continued support of the podcast. All right, Dave, let's make the rest of our week three picks.
1: All right, let's get after it here real quick. And we'll start with New England at the Jets. Uh, The Jets at home plus two and a half points.
2: Yeah, there's some crazy numbers out there. Last time the Patriots started 0-3, it was something like 20-something years ago. And the Jets winning, I think, at New England. I'm going to say the streak continues. Give me the Pats.
1: I will take the Patriots at as well to cover the two and a half chargers on the road against the Vikings. Boy, the Vikings need one here. Uh, Vikings at home laying one point to the two, to the chargers.
2: Well, heck, the chargers need one here too. Aren't they both? Mm-hmm. Oh, and two in this one, this is the chaos game. Both teams just always find ways to lose. And so somebody has to win. Maybe they tie. Give me the chargers.
1: I'll take the chargers plus a point. In other words, uh, yeah, I think the chargers win this outright. Colts at the Ravens, Ravens laying eight at home against the Colts, who's yeah, going to have assume, Minshew, right? Or,
2: yeah, I think Richardson with a concussion. I don't think he's going to play. A lot of rookie quarterbacks hurt this week. Richardson, no Bryce Young in Carolina. at least likely not to play there. It could be Minshew Mania. I'll say the Colts cover this one. Late. Backdoor cover. Give me the Colts.
1: I'll take the Ravens. I'll lay the eight points. Uh, Broncos on the road against the high-flying Dolphins. Dolphins laying six and a half at home against the Broncos.
2: Yeah, I got to go Miami in this one, Dave.
1: I'll go Miami as well in this one. The Tennessee Titans on the road against the Browns. Uh, Browns laying three and a half against the Titans.
2: Yeah, Titans have been fighting. I mean, they got a big win over the Chargers in overtime last week. Yeah, this one's tough. I think the Browns bounce Man, without Chubb. Man, this one's really tough overall. I, I think I just suddenly talked myself into Tennessee in this one.
1: I'll take the Browns bouncing back. I'll lay the three and a half in this one. Saints on the road against the Packers. Jordan Love playing pretty pretty good and uh, so far here. Uh, Packers laying one and a half at home against the Saints.
2: At home, Aaron Jones returns. Give me Green Bay.
1: I'll take the Saints in an upset. Uh, give me the point and a half there. Houston Texans on the road against the Jaguars. Jaguars favored by eight and a half at home. Oh wait, wait. Is this one is this one uh, overseas or no?
2: I mean, statistically, probably. I don't I don't think it is, but I don't know for sure. I don't remember sure.
1: if this one's uh, where this one's at or not. Uh, I think it's in Jacksonville.
2: Okay, but they could play in Antarctica, and I'm still taking the Jaguars. So right. I mean, Jacksonville.
1: I have the same thinking. Give me the Jaguars late eight and a half. Bills on the road against the Commanders. Uh, Commanders plus six at home versus the Bills.
2: I mean, the Commanders have been impressive. Sam Howell, is he giving me the best quarterback out of this uh can he pick a draft class? I mean, who the heck knows? But uh, this one, Buffalo, was a big game. Yeah, I'll say the Commanders cover. Bills win, but uh, Washington covers.
1: I'll take the Bills to cover that six points on the road. Falcons on the road against the Lions. This should be a good game. Uh, Lions at home laying three against the Falcons.
2: You know, someone said Atlanta was 2-0, and I said, that's not right. But I was wrong. They are 2-0, and which is kind of crazy to think about. So kudos to them. They got a really good run game. What, what's What's the line again?
1: Three. Lions by three at home.
2: Mm. Yeah, I just think there's just no pass game, really, for Atlanta. Give me Detroit.
1: I'll take Detroit later three as well, too. Panthers on the road against the Seahawks. Uh, Andy Dalton, right? Uh, In in this one, uh, Seahawks laying six at home against the Panthers.
2: I'll go
1: Seattle. I'll go Seattle later six as well, too. Ooh, Bears on the road against the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs laying 12 and a half at home. Ooh.
2: Yeah, it's been I mean, I know it's bad in Pittsburgh, but hey, Dave, at least we're not Chicago. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with everything over there. I mean, can they try to find a way to rally? Uh, I'm going to just stick with the consensus and go Kansas City.
1: Is that a shirt a T-shirt you can buy down in the uh, down in the strip district down there? <laughs> uh, we're, we're, at not, we're At least we're not the Bears. Right. right. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs cover that 12 and a half. Dallas on the road against the Cardinals. Uh, Dallas laying 12 and a half in this one.
2: And they lose Trayvon Diggs to that freak ACL injury. They got some other injuries up front. I mean, the Cardinals are so the Cardinals and Dallas. That defense that was just still so good for the Cowboys. And there's really nothing in the past game to scare you if you're, uh, from Arizona's perspective. So I'll go Dallas.
1: I'll go Dallas later. 12 and a half as well, too. Let's see. Two Monday night games, right? Uh, again, are they doing that again? I believe so, yeah. Uh okay. Philadelphia at Tampa. Philadelphia laying five on the road against uh the Baker Mayfields.
2: Yeah, kudos to kudos to Baker Mayfield. I think it's been a, a good start for them, but I mean that, that run that run game for Philadelphia is just so strong. So give me the Eagles.
1: I'll take the Eagles, lay to five in that one. And then the Rams at the Bengals. What's going to happen with Burrow in this one? Bengals laying three at home against the Rams.
2: Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, he's got to play. You can't you can't sit Burrow. You're 0-2 and you're going to turn to Jake Browning, who's thrown one career pass. When I mean, you go to 0-3, man, you know, the odds on that and trying to come back. I think he's going to play. How well is he going to play? I think, I mean, I think the Bengals find a way despite all that they're going through right now. So give me Cincinnati.
1: I I feel the same way. They'll find a way to eke out a win here. It might not be pretty, but I think they covered at three points as well, too. All right. That circles us back to the Steelers Sunday night against the Raiders. Raiders two and a half home point favorites. Uh, Mike Tomlin looking for his first road win still against the Raiders. They, they, the Steelers bouncing or, or, or playing after on a short week uh, stats under Mike Tomlin have been pretty good overall, but I mean, there, there's all, there's still the trend factor here going out West, first uh, road game of the season. And once again, Mike Tomlin has you know been some weird, weird games mm-hmm. uh, uh, against the Raiders, but Mike Tomlin looking for that first road W against the Raiders franchise. Never first first game in Vegas, obviously.
2: Yeah, it's never been easy against the Raiders. Terrell Pryor, to Bruce Gradkowski, to whatever else there's been over the, the X-ray years. X-ray
1: machine.
2: The X-ray machine. What Remember the whole
1: X-ray, uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger the last time. Oh, had it was to
2: broken, le- right?
1: Yeah, had to leave That's the story. game, and uh, who who came in for that game? Dobbs, I think. What when it Dobbs that came in that that game?
2: I- I blocked that one out, but, right. but yeah, there's been some bad ones. So I, I want to see where you go because you jumped on the history train last week. And listen, you've been money, Dave, you're two and zero picking Steelers games. I'm O and two. So I'm scared The you know, basically whatever I pick go in the opposite direction of and listen to Dave here. We'll see if we get on. We, we, I we, we've not both picked the same outcome in the first two weeks. I don't believe here for Pittsburgh, but long story short, I think Pittsburgh gets a run game going will it be amazing probably not but it's going to be better if they can't run against this Raiders team it's going to be just just a punch in the gut the Raiders offense there's a couple weapons Adams being healthy Myers coming back that's big for them I I just think Pittsburgh finds a way to contain that run game puts it on Garoppolo's shoulders they really did a good job last year taking Adams away uh, really containing Josh Jacobs granted that was with Cam Hayward all of that to say is Dave I got Pittsburgh winning this one with kind of your traditional Weird score nineteen seventeen mm. on a Chris Boswell forty six yard game winning field goal as time expires.
1: All right, so you have uh, all right, so you have nineteen seventeen there. I my thinking's a lot along the lines of yours in the fact. Look, I, I just think talent for talent wise, I mean, if you just line up and look 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 at these two teams talent wise, I think the Steelers are the more talented team overall now obviously your know, offense hasn't uh, uh, done much of anything here defense giving up uh, big plays on the ground all that said, I, I just think if and once again if they can't run on on the Raiders team then who 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 can they run on there? Mm-hmm. Uh, they take some pressure off Kenny for a change, maybe use some play action and. Uh, long story short, I, I think the Steelers win this. I think Mike Tomlin finally gets his first uh, road victory against the Raiders. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be as ugly as I said. uh, 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 would be the case in the game against the Browns here. Uh, but I I just think that's that I think the Steelers are going to get sacks on Garoppolo in this game. I think they're going to be able to go after certain aspects of that defense of the Raiders, be able to run the ball. I, I'm going to predict that the team rushes for over a hundred yards in this game combined as well, too. That that's where I'm at on this. Uh, I have a very similar score here. Uh, I have the Steelers twenty, the Raiders seventeen. So what? One one louder than yours. One okay. more than yours. Twenty to seventeen. You have it nineteen seventeen. But uh, for the first time this year, I think we both have the Steelers winning. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, we do. And that you may be, you might want to take that back, Dave, because I'm kind of the kiss of death over here. Uh, do you have a game winning field goal, or is it just one of those nail biters? But Pittsburgh gets a fourth down stop. Just like last year.
1: Yeah, I, I think it. I think it obviously comes down to the Raiders' final possession, but I've, I think the Steelers find a way to get off the field somehow.
2: Okay. Yeah, and I guess that wasn't the fourth down play. I get, but the last drive of the game where Sutton picked off Carr, and then Connor Hayward had the the run to, to finish things out. Regardless, both picking Pittsburgh to win and hopefully to go to to a two and one on the, on the season.
1: Boy, uh, and uh, e- even if it looks ugly, two and one, two an ugly two and one. <laughs> <laughs> Better than a ugly uh, one and two. Right, All right, uh, shall we get to a couple of emails here real quick?
2: Yep, let's get to a couple of reader emails and close out today's show. And if you like long episodes, this one's for you because I imagine or uh, we've gone pretty long today.
1: All right, Bryce, I have no idea what to expect for this game, but here we go. Some thoughts, how much of the offensive line struggles can be pinned on Mason Cole? He seems to be having a lot of problems in the early portion of the season. Second, if Minka can't go, should the Steelers use more of the Pat P at safety package in an effort to get uh, JPJ on the field? Uh, Well, uh, Alex already talked that Mason Cole you know, not having the best of season with with, with kind of the blocking scheme that, that, that they're wanting to do. So, yeah, I mean, look, the, the whole offensive line. It, and Alex has a long video up uh, uh, this morning on run game woes, right?
2: I do. There's scheme issues. There's execution issues. There's just minor detail stuff that we just clean up small things. You would have had more success. I don't want to pin it all on Mason Cole or any one player. That would be unfair to do. But I think Cole has not been good as a run blocker. And especially poor on zone runs.
1: What about uh Pat P at safety at uh, if Minka can't go?
2: Well, I mean, obviously it seems like Minka's going to play in this one. I don't know when this emo got sent, but even if Minka doesn't, I mean you got a couple of safeties in Casey and Neal. I mean, you know, Peterson will rotate in, in dime packages and and you know spin back to play some safety occasionally, but he's not gonna be used there as a as a starter, even if Minka does not play.
1: What do you think about some of those rotations and the timing? Could they tip them off anymore?
2: You know, I really hadn't paid attention, but you're right. They're kind of had, it's been early, hasn't it been, with some of the spins that Peterson has done? That's, yeah. That, that, is it, do you think that's just early season stuff or like Peterson never doing this before kind of I don't of, kind know. Of stuff?
1: But he, I mean, it's, it's, that's a good point. It, he is tipping it off, man, in a few times that he's rotated in that, uh, there. That's um, a really
2: good point. I had not thought of that. that that's, that's the whole, because the whole point is to the disguise and you are know, giving right. the game away pre snap. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's taking off running to the bleachers.
2: So. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> I, I, I had not thought about it that way.
1: Uh, Michael Hewlett writes in rather be lucky uh, because that offense ain't good. Pickett is continually missing these guys while they're open and almost like he needs them to be college open to even hit them uh, 30 and 22 need to split touches. He says Warren is just too electric to keep off the field. What's up with these weird Canada design run plays, especially if it's second and long uh, we needed to we need long we do a damn outside run to lose three more yards you know a big thing that we didn't talk about uh and i don't want to cut his i don't see it getting much better under canada at the helm he says pickens looks like a freaking deer when he had the ball in his hand which is a good thing thank you guys basically it's a rant here we understand Mm. michael uh here you know a big thing in this thing that i pulled pulled the stats on it's not surprising because mike thomas talked about negative plays and all like that it's like Nearly one every four plays has been a negative play for this offense. You know, whether it be a sack, whether it be a uh, uh, a negative run, whether it be a pass or 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 the one uh, you know end around jet you know for negative Mm -hmm. yards and all like that. There, man, if you just cut the negative plays in half, you know, uh, could 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 make make things a little bit better for you, but, uh, uh, you know, if you count everything up the neck, you know, and I'm talking negative plays being zero yards or, 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 you know, uh, less, uh, and then you throw in, you know, obviously the sacks and, 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 and the interceptions, which are negative plays and all like that. It's nearly one out of four plays mm. has can, can be regarded as negative here. You know, so that's, that's going to be one of my keys is, uh, uh, why so negative? (laughs) 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 I try to come up with catchy. So I just gave away one of my keys there for, for, for people going to read that article there. Why so negative, you know, cut out the damn negative stuff and, you know, at least try to play it on even, even ground here. But, uh, thanks for the uh, email, Michael, uh, Deshaun Campbell writes in sup guys. I come to ask Alex, can you give us a video of what Matt Canada offense should look like. I don't care if it's successful plays from other teams or college, just show us exactly what the hell this is supposed to look like. I love the one you did yesterday about the run game. He says, given the linebackers free access to just tee off is it's, is ridiculous.
2: Thank you for that. Appreciate that. The response has been, I think pretty good. Um, we will, we, we also got a lot of pushback that, that Najee on that crunch run. People think he should have, Run that inside. No, I mean, he's going to bounce it outside. I was really surprised that so many people weren't getting kind of the concept there. Uh, To answer your question, what should this Canada offense look like? Watch the 49ers. That's what it's supposed to be. Obviously, it's not, but that is, in theory, what it's supposed to be.
1: All right, uh, let's see if we can cram in a couple others in this long show today. Uh, David Ricards about football justice. I have always bought into the idea of the team being a work in progress. Tomlin talks about getting better pretty much weekly. Currently, I'm struggling to understand how this team's offense could carry their momentum from last season into this year, especially because they didn't lose any major personnel. If anything, they've added talent to the group. Do you guys buy into uh, the idea that the team is improving every week? I would think that this year that improvement should be apparent given the youth of Kenny and others uh, saying all that uh, to say, if we don't see improvement this week, my faith in this concept may be shaken.
2: Yeah. I mean, we'll just, just have to wait and see. It's a big week. I think, I mean, every week in the NFL is a big week, but you know, again, this is, this is a time to show up against a team. You know, I, I, Not to excuse the offensive issues, but you did face some really good defenses. I think in San Francisco, which was the best defense in football last year, going to be one of the best defenses, if not the best defense this year. And Cleveland, I think, is a really stout team that's better than where they were a season ago, both in coaching and scheme and in personnel. So yeah, I think it's it's a pretty telling game this Sunday.
1: All right, uh, Victor writes in, big fan, first time, long time. Our teams keying in on the Najee Harris Superman jump at the goal line? No real stats, he says, but it feels like Najee tries to jump the offensive line on every run at the goal line. Uh, if I was the opposing coach, I would tell one uh, middle linebacker to the us and attempt to punch the ball out when Najee inevitably jumps. Uh, he says example Monday versus a Brownies on a two point conversion. I don't think we have enough sample size <laughs> yet, yet of Najee in 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 the first couple of seasons and a couple of games uh, on that. I mean I, I do understand that there's some recency obviously uh, co- coming in 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 into in the play there, but Najee had he's got at least one or two of those kind of touchdowns up over the top doesn't he but i think point taken that hasn't he had a couple of those knocked out as well it too
2: happened against cleveland in the finale last year too and then it happened against it happened both times against cleveland, So maybe the browns have the the book on him um
1: yeah i mean it just depends. i would just kill to see more opportunities to yeah. run at the goal line
2: sure for sure uh Yeah, generally, I'm the Belichick mindset of never extend the ball out to the goal line because of the risk of the fumble. I know on Monday it was a two point play, and so it's kind of like a fourth down. You know, there's no down to be played after that, so it's a little more acceptable. Not that a fumble is ever you know a good thing or something that that you're okay with, but you know, I'm okay if he jumps in fourth down and two point situations. Um, Everything else, I'd rather him just kind of barrel ahead.
1: All right, Uh, long show once again. Got through several of these emails. Alex and I will be back uh, to wrap it up. Uh, 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 Blurry-eyed on Monday here. Hopefully, we're talking about a Steelers win. Uh, Anything, other notes to wrap things up, Alex?
2: Nope, we'll come back. Yeah, and we'll get out of here again. Thanks to Vinny for coming on the show. Appreciate his time, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the game.
1: All right, follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause dot steedersdepot.com, hit the donate button up right navigational bar. And also if you'd like an ad-free version of the site, Steedersdepot.com, hit that ad-free button up right navigational bar and follow the directions that way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to all, you know, all of our platforms and and interacting and, and more importantly, the site. Once again, a couple of great scouting uh, Uh, reports on offense and defense here up on the site Friday. So you might have to, as the weekend goes on, uh, dig for those a little deeper in the site, but they should be easy to find. But uh, we'll be back on Monday. As always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.